When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. athleticgreens.com slash surf is here with us today. They're here for me. They're here for you. Uh, We all want to achieve optimal health in the most efficient and easy way possible. And that's precisely why AG1 is so successful. It is the best product on the market of its type, a superfood packed with all of your nutritional needs made into a super drink that you can make and consume in about 20 seconds. That is it. You don't even need to go to the store to get it. You simply go to athleticgreens.com slash surf once. You set up a monthly delivery, and that's it. The resupply shows up for you at your door every month. Your 20-second morning ritual fuels your entire day. It fuels your success. It eliminates your daily stress and anxiety that you might otherwise impose upon yourself regarding your dietary decisions. So I could go on and on about the product quality and what is in it, but suffice to say, it's the best product on the market of its type. You can go to their website, check it out, research it on your own, but make sure you go through our portal, which is athleticgreens.com surf. That way you will support us en route to your optimal health. And I couldn't be more grateful to partner with them and really just grateful to have access to this for myself. So I'm proud to be able to share it with you. Athleticgreens.com slash surf. Thank you. Zoltan Torkos, the surfing magician, is the first known surfer to successfully land a kickflip on a surfboard. And to my knowledge and memory, he's not only the first, but he's the only surfer who does them. And he's been doing them consistently for 15 years, which is just wild. It begs the question, why haven't kickflips been embraced by surfing as a whole? And it'd be easy to say, oh, well, it's a super difficult maneuver, that's why. But the reality is there's plenty of examples of difficult maneuvers that once invented, became adopted and practiced by the masses, and now by 13-year-old kids. So why not the kickflip? And I'm not exactly sure, but there does seem to be a phenomenon in surfing wherein we don't fully celebrate a maneuver that is more than just a couple standard deviations beyond what we're familiar with. You know, it's almost too out there for us to even have a context to put in how difficult or amazing it is. And there's a number of examples of this actually. Um, When Josh Kerr did the club sandwich against Mick Fanning at Snapper in 2007, Kelly Slater called it the best move ever seen in a contest, but the judges didn't score it. Josh ended up losing that heat. And of course, over time and repetition now, that has become a very respected maneuver. But um, I think about Julian Wilson's sushi roll, Matt Miola's hippie flip. It almost takes years of hindsight to fully appreciate how incredible some of these things are. And I envisioned Zoltan becoming embittered, quietly stewing up in Santa Cruz, cursing the broad surf world for not shining the limelight his way. And I couldn't have been more wrong in how I envisioned him. I recently watched the Inherent Bummer piece. It's a video profile that they recently published and Zoltan is happy to recount the journey of the kickflip. He's happy for anyone to be stoked by his surfing and he cheerfully dodges any questions about quote, deserved recognition. So after watching that piece, I was endeared to Zoltan and I felt remiss that I myself haven't fully embraced his role in surfing. And more than anything, I just wanted to talk to him to hear more about his story. So my name is David Scales for Surf Splendor and here is my long overdue conversation with Zoltan Torkos. 
How are you? I'm doing good, man. How you doing? Wonderful. Grateful, Thanks. grateful to finally connect with you. Oh, likewise, likewise. Thanks. Um, we have a mutual friend in Tony Roberts. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. And Tony's been telling me to interview you for probably seven or eight years now, believe it or not. Oh, sweet. What an honor, man. What an honor. So cool. Yeah. I've, I'm so I'm remiss to have not done it sooner. I should have taken it as advice, but for whatever reason, um, you're not on like my kind of circle of people that I interact with all the time or see all the time. So I just haven't made it a priority. And that inherent bummer piece uh, last week or the week before reminded me, how did that piece come about? They, we'd shared some videos. Um, I'd send them some kick flips. I liked their stuff, uh, the inherent bummer. And uh, they put me in their video. They were super cool with, you know, putting the kick flip in their video. And then uh, they wrote me about doing this story about my life. And I was, and really touching on what it was really about with my friend um, inspiring the kick flip and, you know, all these really magical things that have happened for me. And, uh, and it was, so it was cool. They, uh, you know, we decided to do a little piece about all that. So it was really fun. It was a lot of fun. Part of what that piece talked about or kind of an underlying theme in it was you not properly getting the credit that you deserve over the years for tricks that you pioneered and whatnot. Um, do you feel like you've gotten the credit that you deserve? How do you feel about the whole thing? I try not to let any ego get involved because that sometimes can be really bad in whatever sport you do is like get your male ego involved. So um, I try to look at it like an artist. You just want to go do your new next painting. And if you're happy with it, I know this sounds maybe way out there for an athlete to say this kind of stuff but you know as long as you're happy with whatever you put out and maybe it's not always the best but you just get it out there i know that's just what i try to do and not really worry about yays or nays um yeah have fun <laughs> i think that's respect it's fully respectable and i'm i actually admire that about you um but at the same time i feel like when you're working on that kickflip for so long, it would be totally normal for you to think, like, once I land this thing and once this thing gets published, everybody will be reaching out to me and celebrating it. So it'd be totally normal if you did feel that way. And then a little bit disappointed if people didn't respond that way. So. Oh yeah. Well, I've got literally everything I've heard, you know, you ruin surfing from it's the coolest thing. So it's like at certain point you got to just, um, not get too worried about it. Cause definitely I've had, I've heard a lot of negative um, and I've heard a lot of positive, but like, even when I was trying it, everyone told me it was impossible and people I looked up to when I'd go surf in front of them and try it, they'd be like, you're going to, you know, you're going to hurt yourself, kid. Obviously you're going to stab yourself with your fin. And um, I've heard a lot of naysay um, in my life and how it's not surfing or you're wasting a wave. Um, definitely. And then also feeling like when that the whole contest controversy and about the kickflip side of it, when I did it and then I've done it above the lip on video and then people still just want to talk about, well, he didn't do it above the lip. They don't realize I've done lots of them. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and that I've done it wake surfing. I was the first person in wake surfing to do it. And I did it front side because I always hear, can you, you can't do it front side. Or, I mean, I, I definitely hear a lot of trippy stuff. Let's put it yeah. that way. But yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll come back and unpack the whole kickflip thing later. But let's start with, um, how did your, I was really interested to hear about your family through that inherent bummer piece. How mm -hmm. did your family end up settling in Santa Cruz? Um, well, you know, uh, my dad who fought in the Hungarian revolution at like five years old came to America and then his father and stepmother signed him up for the army. And then he went to Korea and then he got dropped off in Fort Ord, which is Monterey. Okay. Went to the community college. My mom, who is third generation magician from Italy, lived in Pacific Grove, Monterey, went to the same junior college they met in 
I want to say to school dance. Oh, and then, wow. then my brother was born and then they, they full gypsy wagoned and lived in Mexico. My brother was born in Mexico. They did magic, you know, up and down the coast um, and cool stuff like that, you know? So, so your mom is the one who um, taught your dad magic. Your mom's the magician in the family. Yeah. She's Jeannie Houdini. And uh, I don't know if you know about the movie killer clowns from outer space. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it was on Netflix and it's like a, a cult classic B movie. Okay. That was shot in uh, Santa Cruz. Okay. And she's like the main clown in it. No way. So it, when you have a chance, go check out Killer Clowns. What year is that from? That's like, man, I want to say 80s. Okay. 80s. Uh, and did like, she get the did she get the role because she was a famous magician or was she an actress too? Uh, well, mostly because of the magic. Okay. Got and it. All kinds of scenes in it. She did the puppetry, like all kinds of crazy stuff. She does the candy gram. She gets shot in gotcha. the nose at the end. Gotcha. Um, But yeah, so we, and then we perform magic shows every weekend as a kid. And then uh, I even used, (laughs) I performed in like world championships for magic and like was in magic magazine, like winning like junior magician, you know, like I've done a lot, a lot of uh, competing in magic, like kind of like the NSSAs or, you know what I'm saying? Like the, totally. I've done that. I've done, you know, all kinds of stuff like that as a kid. Santa Cruz feels like the perfect place for your parents. Based on what little I know about them, it feels like the perfect place for them. Oh yeah, it was it was a great place. And then I, luckily, the street I moved on to, uh, one of the first people I ever saw was Sean Barney Barron, and he was skating down the street. And I, because I moved there at three years old, and he was skating on his hands, going, "I'm Sean Barney Barron," and he was skateboarding <laughs> on his hands. And uh, Richard Schmidt lived across the street um Vince Collier lived across the street he made like my first surfboard for me and like uh wow his nephew just did this artwork for me no way so representing like with the skull artwork and everything incredible so they were like my first uh surfboard sponsor as a kid and um really cool because we wouldn't have known about surfing me and my older brother so how old are you um I am 41 years old so Sean uh Barney was maybe five, six years older, seven years older? Ten, actually, 10 years older than me. Okay. He's my brother's eight years older than me. And Sean was like about 10 years older than me. But okay. we had a wild street where everyone, you know, would kind of hang out. And then I remember Barney also jumping roof to roof in a Spider-Man wetsuit and then climbing down the chimney and letting all the neighborhood kids in. And then we'd like thrash and play in the house and like jump down the, you know, jump down the stairs and surf down the stairs, you know, on cardboard in these people's house. Like this was full Santa Cruz in the eighties, like just a dream, you know, he, he'd climb down the inside of the chimney. Yeah. I've seen some, wi- and jump roof to, roof to get there like Spider-Man. It was, I've seen some wild stuff as uh, growing up on the West side in Santa Cruz as a kid. It was, uh, it was pretty funny. I can't, uh, unless you were there, people would think you're lying, but the people that were there, we were like, no, I'm probably understating a lot of these stories totally that's so insane the funniest part about that description of him to me is him saying his own name as he's skateboarding down the street him saying i'm sean barney baron i'm sean barney baron <laughs> it was the incredible most, yeah and he had the big red fro when we were kids and it was just amazing i remember being like wow this guy is bigger than life like it was it was like a whole show coming down the street at you it was amazing so what a talent i mean I remember him doing barrel rolls and stuff in videos when I was growing up, that stuff's still not being done. And he was yeah. doing it back then. Yeah. It was, it was way cool. Cause I, we just go, you know, surf at the beach breaks right at the end of the street and he'd do those tricks. Like it's it insane. Was, like it was nothing. So, yeah. Um, so I guess that explains how you discovered surfing. What did your parents think about you getting into involved in surfing? Um, well, my mom has always been pretty supportive because she grew up in Pacific Grove, Monterey back in the day when it was like the greasers and the surfers. And she always wanted to surf and she could body surf and things like that. Um, and she said she always wanted to surf, but it was like those big surfboards back then. But my dad was like, you know, pretty much anti surfing and uh, 
as a child. And uh, it, it, it made a lot of conflict, I think, because it was like kind of a disgrace that you were into surfing. You know what I mean? So Con- considering the lifestyle that they were living, though, being nomadic and gypsies and all that sort of stuff, I feel like they would embrace the counterculture of surfing, you know? Well, you know, and it was weird because I think uh, it was just like almost he wanted us to just be like, you know, maybe a construction worker or drive motorcycles or it was like for some reason, maybe one of the one thing that I could pick, it was like saying you're going to be an underwater basket weaver to him. You know, I couldn't explain it any other way. It was like a disgrace. It was like he had accomplished all these big things. And then here's this son that uh, wants to play in the ocean. Is it because there would be no uh, potential revenue and job attached to it? Oh, definitely. It's like being, okay. definitely. And also the, yeah, I would imagine that was a huge part of it because he was a very strict, ruled, you know, militant Hungarian. So everything was like, you know, you're going to go study. You're going to, and we know we got to go play in the ocean. So, yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's why I guess I take more after my mother and the magic is what I would say. Totally. That makes perfect sense. Um, opposites attract, I suppose, for the two of them. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And then I, you know, not to you know, like what Mickey Dora says, you kind of go surfing to get away from all the screaming parents and the, you know, what he says when he's getting barreled, it's like all the bad stuff that ever happened to, you know, you go out to surf because you can get away from all the, the rules of, you know, land and everything. So yeah, totally. it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So I know you talked in that piece about, you said something to the effect of that you really had a passion for pursuing magic you didn't really fit in in the surf world because of the tricks that you were doing, but that you didn't really fit in in the magic world either. Can you explain that a little bit further? Um, yeah, no, I definitely. And that's the truth. Uh, so I guess, you know, I mean, magicians are just like surfers. There's a certain kind of, I don't want to say a st- stereotype, but a lot of people that like cars are certain kind of guys. Um, same with magic. And I didn't relate a lot to those people and nothing against I, you know, I love their magic, but it would be hard for me to say, Hey, let's kick back and have a beer together. Cause they yeah. just were kind of like the people I like to, you know, um, hang out with. But then I also find that with skateboarding, I didn't, wasn't cause I'm a surfer. And then right. when I would surf, I was a skateboarder. And then when I used to even ride a bike as a child, all my surf neighbors were all, man, you were really good at BMXing. And then I said, well, because I pretended it was a motor, uh, not a motorcycle, a surfboard. So whatever I've ever rode. So like when I ride my skateboard, I pretended I was surfing. And then when I would ride my skate, I mean, my surfboard, I pretend I'm skateboarding. So whatever I've done, I always had to put some weird twist to imagination on it. Yeah. And I think that's kind of made me do these things without even maybe putting too much into it, but you know, natural thoughts. Yeah. That's fascinating. So I don't know anything about the magic world. Can you explain what is the stereotypical magician and why wouldn't they embrace you and what you're doing? Is it, are you doing a different style of magic? Is it more to do with the way you look like what's going on? Well, yeah, no, I can, that's a perfect, I'm glad you asked that. That's a great question. So when I competed as a young child, so we do comedy magic and we get people up Mm -hmm. and we get them involved and we let them be part of the show. And we're all about getting everyone to laugh. And uh, so then I would do like, you know, those kind of magic tricks. And then I went, so I was eight years old. And then I was going against a kid who was 13, two dancing ladies, you know, like the full on real assistance, the cutting the woman in half, all this stuff. But it's almost like choreographed dance. Okay. And they don't have anyone up and they do almost, I see, again, I don't want to be a judger, but it's almost robotic. Just like even any skating can be if everyone tries the same trick. Right. So it was like dance, boom, trick. And then I got to luckily have people up and then they kind of got everyone to laugh. And not that one's better. Right. But they were like, wow, that's, you know, it, it it's weird. Or it's, you know what I mean? It's its own genre kind of weird magic compared to where I didn't in, wasn't involved with maybe the choreographed same trick you know they keep doing this one when they peer the mat you know, 
there's a certain way, you know what I mean? We would get, you know, you know, more involved and bake cupcakes in people's pockets and, you know, kind of some of the magic that was passed down, like through my family from Italy and stuff. So, um, so like the analogy in surfing is <laughs> those tricks don't resonate with the judges. Like they won't necessarily score high, uh, in a contest, but was your magic, did it find an audience? I mean, does the audience receive it well? Well, that's the weird part is, uh, so, so like if you had a really good professional surf dad and he took you to the, you know, the contest and you could win the contest because he knows what to do exactly. to have you to win. To some extent, I had an unfair advantage because Jeannie Houdini was my mom in magic. So we would actually, even though we were up to against big things, I was lucky to be able to go out there and kick ass and win. I won a lot right. of championships, but gotcha. I also have lineage in it where I don't in surfing. So I'm coming at this with just, it's my thing. Gotcha. So it's my interpretation of everyone's style that I've come across in Santa Cruz and the world and trying to make it my own. In the year 2006, Volcom had a stellar track record of creating some of the best films of the previous decade. But they could see that the medium was shifting from DVD to literally internet surfing, so they devised a plan, a marketing plan, for how to capitalize on virality, leverage talent that aren't rocking Volcom stickers, and then direct traffic back to their own website. They called it the kickflip off, and they put up $10,000 to whomever completed the very first kickflip ever captured on film. Zoltan's close friend, Carl Reimer, heard about the contest, and he knew that Zoltan had the potential to stomp the trick, win the cash, and make a meaningful contribution to surfing, so he tried to convince Zoltan that it was a worthwhile pursuit. But in a completely unexpected and tragic turn of events, Carl went to a party that very evening, and he was the victim of mistaken identity, and he was actually shot and killed. So the kickflip and sharing it with the world immediately became something much more important to Zoltan than a personal pursuit. It became a way to honor Carl and his belief in Zoltan's potential. And this is like real heavy stuff to me as a great person, most shredding kid, Carl, the most surf stoked, awesome person. And he said, you're gonna, you need to do the kickflip and make it a trick and it's going to change your life and you need to do the kickflip. And I, you know, being me and I was working at, you know, as a butcher at the time. And I was like, Oh, you know, I got to concentrate on this job. Cause I had a young child, you know, I got to pay the bill. I don't know, you know, just cause I wasn't taking it very serious. He says, Oh no, you got real serious with me. And uh, it was the last time I ever saw him. So after that, I just had to make sure that I was really going to do this trick for him. Um, so that's when it got, go ahead. Had you landed it previously? Yeah, I had landed it previously, even not even with him in the water. Um, one time it was actually pretty hilarious. This guy actually dropped in on me and made the perfect lip and I was able to come up and crack it and do it back, uh, maybe a few weeks, even before my friend passed. And then he's like, I want to video you, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, yeah, cool. But like we weren't taking it serious. And I was kind of just kind of goofing around when we were doing it, you know. Um, so is it like he could see this trick was revolutionary and you who had been surfing kind of your whole life now had a kid and you were going to go kind of pursue of making a living essentially, but you had this unbelievable thing that needed to get exploited and shown to the world. And he was the one kind of identifying that for you. Yeah, um, I would say that unfortunately I was going, doing what society tells you, but I also you have to when you when you have a family. I was going to full on hamster wheel, no looking back, run yeah. till I, you know what I mean. I was just going to run on the wheel, and and do what I had to do. But when he did that and sparked that imagination in me, and then I feel like he was like you know, looking after me to help me on this journey. Um, yeah. And so it was really amazing to honor him because unfortunately 
the newspapers and stuff tried to act like he was a gangster, but unfortunately they had misidentified the poor kid and shot the wrong person. That's how he died. It wasn't, he wasn't even involved whatsoever, but the papers and everything tried to say that he was a gangster. And so it was really important for me to make this right for his family and uh, everyone that, you know, he was a, the most awesome surf kid. He was a, like a full Mad Magazine, you know, was it Alfred E. Newman, red-haired surf kid. So totally. uh, he just, I just want everyone to know that that's something very important and that he influenced me to, to do, be a better person and be more aloha and more loving in life and appreciate every moment. Well, he, and it sounds like he identified in you what was unique and magic and what you had to offer that you were ready to kind of just not walk away from, but, um, you know, not necessarily double down on either. No, I, it was, it was amazing to be able to turn something so negative into a positive. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That was probably the raddest thing because I know everyone was really upset and, and it was, great to be able to finally honor someone in a rad way and that was the biggest thing i think we had that day is because he told me my styles num i well no he says oh you're gonna do the kickflip and be rad and it's gonna change your life and i was like and i'll never forget this it was i said my style's number two and i don't want to you know try i unfortunately i guess i have a side of me which is very shy and i don't want to show or push, put myself, I just want to have fun and surf. Who doesn't? Who wants yeah. to try to do, oh, I'm going to be the coolest dude ever. I'm going to go, you know. But because this happened to me in my life, it's really pushed me outside of my shell to go and pursue being a better me and trying to help, you know, do things that I, I'm afraid to do in life. You don't strike me as the shy type. I, I know it's it. Because I'm really trying here. I'm like, I can't live, you know, live this life it's well also too being on stage has taught me to be able to turn on the you know the stage person also. yeah 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 <laughs> um how old was carl when he passed away i want to say he was about 18 years old okay 18. so was that how old you were at the time too no i was a, a few years older oh okay um but because we were neighbors and I'd ride by his house to go surf the lane and uh, he'd win like all the ROM contests and gotcha, gotcha. All kinds of Muay Thai and everything. He was a good kid. Ultimately, Zoltan made good on his commitment to honor Carl. He landed the kickflip and was awarded the $10,000 from Volcom. They momentarily actually tried to renege on the deal and created a stipulation because Zoltan did the trick mid-face as part of an ollie rather than launching it from the lip. But the internet revolted, pointed out that no such stipulation existed in the original contest rules, and Zoltan took the prize. Beyond Carl, there are a number of surfers in Zoltan's neighborhood that had inspired his innovative approach. Oh, that's actually, you know, it's funny is I would say definitely uh, Sean Barney Barron, uh, Kevin Reed, mm -hmm. first guy to do the air, Richard Schmidt, Dave Schmidt, Joe Cremo. Kevin Reed's often overlooked. Oh my God. And he's amazing. I was so lucky to see him surf as a kid. I've seen him do the most amazing airs over people like five feet high. Really? It was, I'm mean, yeah, he's, he's wow. I think he was just like right before video photography, all that kind of stuff. I mean, that stuff existed then, but it didn't really hit until just after. So otherwise he would have blown up, you know? Oh my God. And to be like, you know, I've seen a lot of surfers and everything and man, to really watch him was like, it was like really, really like a surf movie. The times that I got to watch him surf live. Really? And he didn't just do one 360. And this is way back in the day. He would do the three 360s in a row then he would rap and then he had like a flip air flip and all kinds of crazy stuff way back in the, the day and launching huge. I don't know. It was, it was great. Yeah. I couldn't say enough great things of watching it live. You know what I wonder? Um, maybe you can validate this or correct it, but like he came along and didn't necessarily blow up. 
you came after Baron uh, Barney's generation. And so didn't necessarily like get the full mainstream uh, recognition that you probably deserved. I feel like the reason that other generation did Barney flea rap boy, all those guys is because it was a big movement of people. Like if it was just Barney doing his thing, the surf industry probably would overlook it. They would have like given a little acknowledgement, like a nod and then looked away because there isn't an epicenter. But I feel like it was part that huge movement together of 10 guys, plus filmers, plus photographers. That was what forced the world to recognize, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I well, For sure. And that was like, um, not only they were all pushing each other with these great influences from Vince and Richard and um, Kevin Reed, and then that whole age group together. And that was like, in a cool way, a great time of Santa Cruz because it was families and it wasn't so expensive that there's not so many families. Yeah. And so that's why that age group, I feel like it was a, a really, I was probably like the, cause I'm like the little brother age group of those guys. Right. So um, definitely after me, the town changed a lot too. And I think that had a lot to do with it because it was real raw and everyone was just like, raw, let's go charge. Um, and so it was very influential and then great people documented it. Right. Like Tony Roberts. Um, but that was awesome. I was such a, what a great time to go down and watch the lane as a kid, ride your cruiser down and see that all that great surfing. It was so cool. You said it's changed a lot. In what ways has it changed? Well, unfortunately is it's become less affordable for families so you don't see as many kids like surfing like that same way you know like just riding your bike down and I don't know there's a lot when you push each other with your peers I feel and even though those guys were older than me they were a lot like wow I know where the bar is of like the gnarliest dudes you know because if my yeah. neighbor it's like it's easy when you go surf with them to see what the gnarly dudes do. <laughs> totally. They're they're not only doing gnarly stuff, but they're doing completely innovative stuff. I mean, Kevin, Kevin Reed, yourself, Barney. Um, why do you think? Why do you think so much kind of pioneering and innovation comes from that town? Wow, that's I think there's a lot of freedom in this town to be yourself. And a lot of at least when I grew up, not so much, you know, no judgment. And I think that's super important. And I always learn by people not to judge other people and just free think. And I think that's important about Santa Cruz is like, you know, just go out and shred for yourself. And that's what I kind of always was taught as a kid. It's not about the camera being on. It's just go out and like do it and love it. So I yeah. think people loved it so much that it was more art than sports. So it was creative. And also, I mean, we're really lucky that there's uh such good waves too and makes people that's huge surfing. and a, vari a variety of waves too from like big waves point breaks beach breaks little everything absolutely man we're we surf decent waves i mean i to you know be humble it's you know really good realwatersports.com is sweetening the deal as if it wasn't already sweet enough to get a brand new surfboard they're offering you 15% off surfboard accessories. This includes wetsuits, fins, traction, leashes, board bags, and actually more than just that. But you can only access it if you purchase a surfboard. So put the surfboard in your shopping cart on realwatersports.com, add any of those accessories, and the 15% will automatically get deducted when you check out. Their surfboard prices are already super competitive. And of course, I've told you in the past, they have unlocked the code for shipping. So they're based in North Carolina, but no matter where you are in the world, you can have a surfboard shipped to you for one flat low fee, minus the 15% on the accessories. So you can't afford not to. Realwatersports.com for all of your surfboard needs. When you're hiring for a small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role, and there's no faster or effective way than through LinkedIn Jobs. 
your time and capital are precious, and there is a powerful resource that can help you focus on what you're good at and integrate people into your team seamlessly to help grow your business. LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to find the right professionals for your team efficiently and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. Everyone is already on LinkedIn with their resumes and references, and now LinkedIn has designed a hiring platform to connect you with candidates specifically qualified for the job that you post about. More than a billion professionals meticulously organized to connect people by skill set to help us all advance our position. 2.5 million businesses already use LinkedIn for hiring, and 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's that fast, easy to use, and effective. LinkedIn Jobs can help you write job descriptions, filter the right person to you, and give you the tools to help you interview them like a pro. LinkedInjobs.com surf is where you go to post your job for free. Yes, totally free. That's linkedinjobs.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Back to the kickflip. Are there any uh, design specifications that you have to build into your surfboards for the kickflip? Um, you know, what's funny is, man, I've broke so many boards and tried real weird boards and this and that. And I'm actually working on something right now with my buddy rooster brand in Australia um, to kind of help with the kickflip. Cause there's things that I've seen, but mostly I, I like basic surfboards um, do the best surf tricks, skate tricks for me. But I've tried like all these weird square noses or this guy put fins on the front. Oh, really? Like a wakeboard and huh. all this trippy stuff. And I tried it and it didn't help me. Okay. Um, and then I've, tr I've even had uh, track tops with, uh, with like, you know, like a skateboard thing in it. And for me, it hindered me. Okay. Um, so that's, you know, I, I found kind of like the basic surfboard does some of the most rad surf tricks. Like, it looks like thin pointy thrusters basically is what you're writing, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, and it, I, you see what are like a lot of the best pros I ride are pretty much some rad shortboards. Um, if I can get rad shortboards, that's always the best, but unfortunately I break a lot of boards and it's like, you have to get a new skateboard model. Like you get used to a skateboard deck and then you're like, Oh, rad. And then you break it. But instead of getting always the same skateboard deck, I got to try a new board. Yeah. So it's super weird and like, you know, for a while there, but now I'm getting good boards from Rooster Brand. So I was thinking um, just like carbon patches, like obviously they put carbon patches on the tail pads to strengthen. I was thinking that you could implement something like that where you're kicking to help strengthen it. But no, absolutely, man. And then another thing is your foot goes through the board. So I've learned it's better to have sometimes booties on. Okay. And mo well, for many reasons, but that one, you could rip your heel. I mean, there's so many reasons. The fin, I've had the fin 10 stitches in my arm right here, my lip. Um, so, yeah. What's, what's the worst injury you've sustained from surfing? Ooh, between the broken rib, three broken ribs. And then honestly, I got the fin and the, the board, no, the board bounced back and stabbed me in the tail and the eye. And it was squirting blood out of the top of my eyelid. And I couldn't see for three days. And I was so bummed because I was like, man, if, if I lose my eye doing the kickflip, no one else will want to do it. Yeah. So it was, you know, one of those ones. So did you just was, get it stitched up or what? Yeah, I got it stitched up. It was gnarly. It's swelled up. It's amazing what your body will do to defend itself because it pulled back. It hurt so bad. But uh, luckily, I could start seeing a few days into it, three days into it, started opening up. Crazy. But it was like, man, it was like getting punched by Mike Tyson. That's the one thing I felt it was like that perfect punch, but it was done to me by my surfboard. And I was all, oh no. <laughs> and I yeah. could feel that warm water, but it was blood, that warm run. I'm all, no. 
Brutal. <laughs> to anyone who says, who is a naysayer or says that that kickflip is too techy or illegitimate for whatever reason, um, do you have a response for that? Uh, shoot, I go go do one and have fun. I don't know. <laughs> I honestly wanted everyone to like, when I did it, I just wanted to be like when the guy in motocross did it and then got everyone to do it. Like I just, the whole point is to do it, show people are possible flip tricks. And, and luckily it's going to be a big thing. I think it's kind of like the sleeping giant sneaking up on surfing and just like airs were for Kevin Reed or any of these guys or Christian Fletcher and Joe Cremo. And I mean, the list goes on. Yeah. Yeah. Arnie. Um, I love that you don't have anything negative to say to them. Oh God, man. I, unfortunately, I've went down negative paths because I was really upset about my friend passing and it just doesn't, I mean, I'm going to tell you, it doesn't get you anywhere and being negative with these people, it just makes you negative. It doesn't really, I mean, I don't know what they get out of it, but it definitely doesn't help your day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I do. I love that. Truly. Um, thank you, man. Thank you. Like I, I think about J Bay people never thought about doing airs at J Bay and even 2008 or whatever, Bruce Irons did one when the waves are crappy and he got a little bit of a score for it. They had to acknowledge it was a cool air, but it's not the way J Bay is meant to be written really, you know, speed, power flow, but Felipe Toledo incorporated airs functionally at J Bay with those alley-oops that incorporated speed, power, and flow in their mind. If it incorporates what they interpret as speed power and flow and the kickflips part of that is when the light bulb will go off i think yeah and um i think that it would be cool to see i'm not what i'm saying is i'm not a big contest guy so i'm not that's why i'm putting myself not out but eventually to see someone do that in the contest would be really a um a joy for me and i would i just think it's cool and i i love uh you putting that out there. Cause I know there's a kid that's going to, you know, do that in our future. And yeah. So that's really sick. I like it. Um, are there any other tricks that you've been, I mean, we always talk about your kickflip, but I remember you doing the dark slide. Uh, are there other tricks that you've pioneered or other tricks that tricks that you've envisioned that you want to pioneer? Yeah. You know, what's super funny is so back in the day when, um, Right after I did the kickflip, I had a bunch of dreams of one. So actually, see, it's kind of hard to say, like, I don't want to be the guy who says, but I actually did the first hippie jump on a surfboard. And like uh, Surfer Magazine used to have that, you know, in weekend review. Yeah. And they'd always make fun of all these new tricks that I would put up on YouTube. And that was one of them. And then I also did the first um finger flip acid drop that everyone okay. um and i have it on youtube on someone else's station and now on mine but uh you know at the time it was like almost like they were acting like i was a circus clown doing these little tricks but then since then you've seen a lot of people that ride the foam boards do the hippie jump the acid drop finger flip because then you know surf stories can be like fish stories so but my finger flip pop shove it and it's on my Instagram right now. And I only have one light video proof of it. It's like that little moment of the Loch Ness monster. I, oh, here's a little <laughs> bit of what he claims he's done. Um, yeah, that's, I would love to just do that trick. And I have a couple other ones that I would like to pull um, off. <laughs> what are they? Well, I have the kick flip to body burial where I land switch foot. Okay. And I've come really close with that. I've landed at dark slide. I've done it. Um, that one, I've got really hurt trying that trick. I would imagine. Yeah. That one's like almost, you can almost like no joke, break your leg doing that trick, your front leg. Cause you go from being goofy footed to switching over and landing and you land yeah. with a lot of power on that front leg. And then I missed with my back foot and it threw me into the splits Mm -hmm. my foot over my head and then the wave picked me up and threw me over the falls with my leg oh man and I had to limp in and thank god my wife was on the beach <laughs> and she yeah. had to help me to the car and I couldn't even I was just like ah. that's brutal yeah. um have you ever 
successfully landed or like kicked out of the dark slide? Um, you know, what's funny is actually, I actually haven't, it was from trying it. So I dark slid and then pop shove it and it flipped over. And I have one where I pop shove it and it lands dark slide on video. So it's dark slide to pop shove it dark slide. Oh, wow. I have that on video, but I've actually flipped it like that. But then the wave was ending and I flipped it backwards and upside down back to fins up with, of course, no one around. But <laughs> well, I saw a video of you getting that final kick and landing on the deck, but the wave, you were like behind the wave. The wave was kind of running off. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I have a new filmer that I'm working with that used to take me like surfing when I was a kid. And he's my older brother's friend, uh, my boy, Adam Howe. And he was one of the first people to surf Chopu and he grew up on Maui. Wow. Um, super cool dude. And so we're going to have some really fantastic new, hopefully some great new footage. One of the things you talked about in that inherent bummer piece, I think it was right at the end, you said, you talked about the pursuit of these creative endeavors being the thing that keeps you distracted from going to a dark place. Can you expand on that? I think that um, it's important advice for young people or anybody listening, just that kind of the idle mind leads to depression, bad decisions. Um, so can you expand on that thought? Absolutely, man. Well, because I mean, unfortunately, we're human. And if you take someone that you love away from them, you're not maybe rational and you want to lash out. It's like, if someone hits you, you want to hit them back and hurt them because they hurt you. And for me to sit there and dwell on those thoughts is a horrible, horrible thing for any human and all kinds of things like, you know, of that nature or to go and sit, like you said, in your house and dwell or anything. And then you go to do a depressed place or any of that stuff. So it's the best thing you could do is go get on your bike or go try to do something that you can't do and push yourself to a place that you never thought you could go. So you don't go and make a bad choice in your life. Um, and that's, that's one of my major things and it's because I've I've honestly been really hurt before I did the kickflip and uh it comes out of a you know a dark place but instead I turned it to light instead of using that because my friend was such a great human being and he was writing reggae music and he was so anti like being mean to people in the water and he wanted me to do the kickflip and he was working hard to put his girlfriend through college so they could have a great life he was just such a great dude that I had to honor him with rad radness, you know, instead of going to my own male ego that like, oh, well, you know, screw them, you know, I'm going to hurt them back, which is not what you want to do in life. Yeah. Good. With Kelly Slater winning 11 world titles or whatever the pursuit is, there has to be something meaningful driving it. No, and, and, and honestly, like, if I didn't have that, I could see that you'd want to um, quit or not put yourself out there because the, the torture, the humiliation, <laughs> the laughs, you know, the laugh ats, the naysayers, um, is, it gets gnarly. Like, when you're sitting there and, like, because they, they knew my name in the emergency room to the point where my wife wouldn't go in there because I got so many stitches and x-rays. Wow. And so much stuff that literally other doctors were coming in and going, oh, Zoltan, so what is it today? And they would all be laughing and everything. Ah, he got to get 10 stitches in his face or, oh, he's got to get his freaking uh, tailbone x-rayed or his ribs broke. Or That's so amazing. Even the last ones, my wife didn't even want to go. And I just, just, I'll just I, I'll ice it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. As, you're, as you've gotten older, do you find it hard to maintain the same kind of passion and drive that you had when you were younger? Um, I feel in the craziest way that this is some, in a lot of part in my life, one of the happiest moments in my life. And I've never been so in love with surfing. Really? Right now um, in my life and never been so excited to go surfing. 
um, and just ride like a foam board or a long board or just go swim or build sand castles or what, I mean, just be at the beach with my, you know, um, I, what do you I attribute, what do you attribute it to? Um, I, I honestly, I, maybe because I'm going to be honest is there's been a lot of, you know, just gnarly stuff that's happened in Santa Cruz and just seeing people pass and not knowing that many people my age anymore. And it just makes me like, wow, I get to still play and get to go play in the ocean. And that's where I think also I keep my ego out of it. I just want to go play in the ocean. So I'm just excited to go out there and just go surf. And maybe I don't really try to, everyone's mad about crowds or this. And my whole thing is I don't care how crowded it is. I just want to go get a cup, get in the water, ride some white water, even on my belly at that point, who cares? It's not to be, I'm not saying I'm sweating. I'm just saying I'm going surfing. (laughs) I love it though. I mean, it's inspirational because it's hard. How old are your kids, by the way? Uh, Older one is 12 and the other one's 10. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's harder. I'm 40 and the older I get, the more responsibility, obligations, kids, all that kind of stuff. It's just hard to maintain, um, the passion and the discipline of just going to the beach, but it's, you need it now more than ever when you have all those responsibilities, you know? Oh yeah. I mean, uh, and also I'm very lucky that my family is very supportive, not like trying to be like about the pro surfing or the kickflip, but that it's my healthy addiction, you know, how yeah. guys like to work on cars. This is my one. And it's just like what I do, you know, I cool. love it. I love it. And she'd rather that I do that than I'm like, you know, wasting time doing who knows what. Like playing video games. Yeah. And then even, yeah. Or just even out, like maybe at the, just being a knucklehead at a bar or something. Totally. Um, who's, who's surfing? Are you impressed by nowadays? Well, I mean, there's some local underground guys in Santa Cruz. Shout Um, them out. Um, Richard Schmidt jr. Um, and how old is he? He's about, I'd say about 24, 25. And he's super gnarly, but in like, no like just full like rad surfing like rootsy like doing the raddest style coolest stuff biggest airs and they um him and his friend brian they rip and they just surf like all these cool up north spots i go surf with them and he filmed some of my video but the kid shreds so go check out richard schmidt jr and his friend brian dylan um those guys are ripping and you know not anything but rad vibes are they on instagram yeah yeah go check them out on instagram and then uh, i actually believe it or not did a podcast with richard schmidt like in 2014 maybe 13 14 long time ago yeah such a nice guy such a nice super nice guy um who's surfing are you impressed by like if you're scrolling Instagram, maybe not somebody from Santa Cruz, but if you're just scrolling Instagram, whose clips are you always psyched to stop and watch? You know who really did some amazing surfing at the lane live? Uh, I really loved his surfing live was uh, Adrian DeSouza. And I saw him surf steamer lane live. Um, I mean, it goes on. I've seen like, I could go on and on. Um, one of my favorite snaps in surfing, and this is, you know, everyone's opinion, but I love Clay Marzo's layback snap. Totally. Favorite snaps in surfing. If you were to ask me like my favorite turn or snap, I love his signature late where he kicks it out. Just that's really cool. Like it reminds me of a Barney. Yeah, it does. It's fun. It's fun and rad and, and unbelievable. So it's the clay, cool. the clayback is what they call it. Yeah. The clayback is badass. I like that one. Um, <laughs> I mean, it goes on and on. Cause I really, like I said, I, the future of surfing is, is bright. It's yeah. I mean, it was, like I said, little 10 year olds doing big 360 airs and flips yeah. and wave poles. And it's cool. Totally. It's, it's what they told me. It's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, two things that I've never seen you pursue that a lot of other Santa Cruz surfers do um, big waves and travel. So what, give me your thoughts on that. Why don't I ever see you? Um, on a surf trip anywhere and do you have no interest in big waves 
Well, you know, I grew up surfing, like, you know, Lane is, you know, big way, you know, whatever, just big as, you know, it gets and surfing. And one of my own things that I know about myself is not for cameras, but in big waves. So say I, not in a bad way, but if I see you jump over on a skateboard over something, I'm, I want to try to do something crazier. And I know myself well enough that if I see someone do a dumb move or a crazy move, I know I want to go left and cover my own eyes and try to ride Kazimoto <laughs> clothes out. I, and it scares me about myself. And I know that about myself. And I'm just afraid that I'll just, you know, uh, try something way too nuts because I've done that. And I, even in my small wave surfing, I've just not even looked and dropped into on the reef and done crazy shit just because I was like, oh, you know, I can't turn back. Or my friend went and then did this. So I got to drop in switch foot onto the reef in front of, you know, and I know that by myself and I'm, it, it would scare me to do something not uh, smart. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> what about, do you have aspirations, uh, surf spots around the world that you want to go to? Yeah, I really want to go to Nicaragua and go down to their, like, like a, that playgrounds, an area in like, um, I want to go to Mexico. I want to go travel a lot more and go to the Mentawise and, and definitely do some trips, you know, but why I'm still can serve. So. Yeah. <laughs> you got a few years ahead of you. You mentioned Rooster Brand in Australia. Is that who you're getting all your boards from nowadays? Yeah. Rooster Brand in Australia, Greg Weber. He used to glass for loss and all that. My very good friend is making, and I actually have a Zoltan board coming out. Oh, do you? And he's making a special kick flipboard coming out. There's going to be a special, a special skateboard deck on it, but not too crazy. Um, and then also there's going to be a special channel underneath to keep you speed into your next maneuvers. Gotcha. So have those moments of stalling out in between doing big airs. Try to make this thing ride like it's like a, all of a sudden you're a vert skater. So that's what we're... We're going for full race car on this one. I like it. How'd you connect with them in Australia? Well, this is a really rad story is I was walking across a trade show and this guy said, I've been looking for you for 30 years, this old man. And I said, what, uh, what do I owe you money, old man? <laughs> and he was all, what? And it was, uh, ended up being the legend of all legends, Skip Ingram. Yeah, Dogtown guy. And he took me to Aquatech glassing and introduced me to Greg Weber, who also was glassing at Ghetto House and introduced us to and was like, hey, this is my my dude that I like Zoltan. Hey, this is Greg. And we instantly became really good friends. And I stayed on his couch and went surfing and um so it was just kind of cool it was a, a cool cool meeting epic awesome well zoltan i'll direct people to your um social media is there and youtube is there anywhere else i should tell them to go um so i got instagram i got zoltantorcos.com drag boards in australia i got a signature zoltan kickflip board if anyone wants a foam board that's made for kickflips and i really put my heart and soul into designing that thing also sweet so everything i really care because i don't want anyone to get anything that i wouldn't really personally use awesome i'll link to it on the website too on sure, our sure. website sure sweet man well thank you for taking the time i really appreciate it no thank you my brother thank you so much i appreciate it thank gladly you. all right man have a good night you too bro have a great one Zoltan the Great, the surfing magician, Zoltan Torcos. Thank you so much. 
What a pleasure. Congratulations on the successes and of course the recent piece. I've posted it. Um, it's called In Plain Sight. It is a series that Inherent Bummer is producing and Red Bull Media is distributing. So it's available on YouTube, but we have posted it on surfsplendorpodcast.com along with everything else that Zoltan and I discussed, including footage of Sean Barney Barron and um, the link to his boards with Rooster, his collaboration board with Drag Board Co., uh, the soft top that he's got with them, all that stuff, surfsplendorpodcast.com. You can link to all of our sponsors there and receive all of those benefits, the benefit of health, and then also consider supporting our work through a subscription. It's only $5 a month, but it really is a building block to the foundation of our business, and it invests in the future of this show for listeners to come. So it allows us to archive all of our work and build out a future. So we have lots of new content scheduled. Uh, we are hiring people to implement some of this stuff. So that $5 monthly support probably will go unnoticed from you as an expense each month, but it goes a long way towards our work. So, so do it for posterity, do it for the future, do it for your own listening pleasure. And we thank you in advance for that. Scott Bass and I published an episode of Spit earlier this week, so you can go grab that. And then Chaz Smith and I are getting together in person at Album Surfboards uh, for an episode of The Grit tomorrow. So that should be published on Friday, and I hope that you enjoy. Thank you so much for all of your support and sharing the show with friends. My name is, of course, David Scales for Surf Splendor. And until next week, I'm encouraging you to make surfing an essential part of your life. Get back into the ocean share a couple of waves, and of course, shred off. All I want is-